found in the Gospel of Luke, the third chapter. John said to the crowd that came out to him to be baptized, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee the wrath to come, bear fruits worthy of repentance. Do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our ancestor, for I tell you, God is able to raise from these stones children to Abraham. Even now the axe is lying at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And the crowds asked him, What then should we do? In reply he said to them, Whoever has two coats must share with anyone who has none, and whoever has food must do likewise. Even tax collectors came to him to be baptized, and they asked him, Teacher, what should we do? He said to them, Collect no more than the amount prescribed for you. Soldiers also asked him, And we, what should we do? He said to them, Do not extort money from anyone by threats or false accusation, and be satisfied with your wages. As the people were filled with expectation, and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah, John answered all of them by saying, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. So with many other exhortations, he proclaimed the good news to the people. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Christ. Please be seated. Let us pray. Lord God, in this season we sing, O come, O come, Emmanuel. Come now into this place. Bring your word that it may nourish us and strengthen us. May it satisfy our hearts, lift our voices to give you songs of praise, of thanksgiving. O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive in Israel. Amen. As the people were filled with expectation, and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah, John answered all of them by saying, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. So with many other exhortations, he proclaimed the good news to the people. More signs, more pointing, more things to come, more waiting, more expectation, more longing and groaning, more uncertainty about the future. Like I said before, this third Sunday in Advent is called Gaudet Sunday, a Latin word meaning rejoice. And you can see that from the first three lessons 
from the prophet Zephaniah, from Isaiah, and from Paul in his letter to the Philippians. They consistently and faithfully proclaim a message of joy and rejoicing in the Lord. Zephaniah writes, Sing aloud, O daughter Zion, shout, O Israel. Rejoice and exult with all your heart, O daughter Jerusalem. We find from Paul, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. And from Isaiah, give thanks to the Lord. Call on his name. Make known his deeds among the nations. Proclaim that his name is exalted. Sing praise to the Lord, for he has done gloriously. Let this be known in all the earth. Shout aloud and sing for joy, O royal Zion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. It's easy to see how around this time of year, as we look forward to celebrating the birth of Jesus, these themes of hope and peace and joy become positive images to reflect upon. The coming Christ child is both the beginning and the fulfillment of the joy and the rejoicing that these three faithful witnesses proclaimed. But then we get to John. What is John doing? His message from the wilderness is a little more detailed than what Mark has written for us. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. No, Luke records that John preaches in the wilderness. You brood of vipers who warned you to flee from the wrath that is to come, bear fruits worthy of repentance. Do not begin to say to yourself, we have Abraham as our ancestor. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children of Abraham. Even now the axe is lying at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Now that's something to rejoice about. It doesn't sound that these are words of welcoming, of peace. They're not pleasant. They don't invite people to come on down into the river with him where the water's warm and the world becomes a better place after you've gotten out and gotten dry. At least at first. Look at how Luke ends in our lesson this morning. So with many other exhortations, he proclaimed the good news to the people. So now we're in a predicament. How do we look at what John has said in the wilderness? Questioning why these people are coming to him. Fleeing a wrath that is to come. The possibility of being cut down and thrown in the fire. Who is this one that is greater than him? That comes and burns chaff and separates. Thins out. How is this good news? There doesn't seem to be much to rejoice about. But isn't John the one who was prophesied of? Where we read last week, as it is written in the book of the words of the prophet Isaiah, the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make his paths straight. Every valley shall be filled. Every mountain and hill shall be made low. And the crooked shall be made straight. And the rough ways made smooth. And all flesh shall see the salvation of God. 
And I think that's where we find it. John's message is one that prepares the way of the Lord. In giving a coat to those who have none, and sharing food with those who have none, valleys of emptiness, poverty, hunger, and distress are filled, filled with compassion, generosity, and nourishment. In collecting no more than the amount prescribed, John's words to the tax collectors, by living our lives in fairness and helping our neighbors to improve and protect their possessions and their incomes, mountains and hills of greed and status are made low. By naming the sins of this world, sins by which resources are wasted, the hungry go without food, and the innocent are left to suffer the consequences of violence and the guilt of others, crooked paths are made straight and the rough ways made smooth. By these things, by what John has declared here in the wilderness, we do see the result of the salvation of God. By these things, we see fruit worthy of being called repentance. By these things, we see the love of Jesus Christ and the will of God lived out in this world. By living out the baptism that John preached, the baptism we are called to in Jesus, we can truly claim that Abraham is our ancestor, according to the faith lived through us by the Holy Spirit. For if we are made children, then heirs, and if heirs, righteous in the sight of God. During this long season, of expectation and longing, we are able to rejoice. Rejoice because the salvation of God has come to us in Jesus Christ. We are able to rejoice, to overcome grief, to find hope, to find comfort in affliction and suffering, because we have been given the promise of Jesus Christ and joined to his death and resurrection by our baptism. We're able to rejoice because by the power of the Holy Spirit, we've been gathered together in this place to worship, to be with one another, to bear one another's burdens, to love and to care for one another despite whatever tragedy or peril, whatever fog may fall upon us. We are able to rejoice because God is both seated at the right hand. Excuse me. Jesus is seated at the right hand of God. And he also kneels in the muck and the mire of this world through the hands of those who he calls disciples, beloved followers. We are able to rejoice because we have been shown how to bear the fruits of repentance. We've been given the ability to confess our sins and the sins of this world to one another. And we have been given forgiveness pronounced every week. We're able to rejoice because in Christ Jesus our lives are being made whole. From the brokenness, the sin, the death of this world, and our entire being is made holy in the sight of God. We are able to rejoice because we know that even in the face of death, heartbreak, confusion, loneliness or illness, God has given us the gifts to work together to find life, happiness, clarity, companionship, 
and cure for disease and has promised for us the resurrection to eternal life. The Lord has taken away the judgment against you. He has turned away your enemies. The King of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. You shall fear disaster no more. I will deal with all your oppressors at that time, and I will save the lame and gather the outcast, and I will change their shame into praise and renown in all the earth. At that time, I will bring you home. At that time when I gather you, for I will make your renown and praised among all the people of the earth. When I restore your fortunes before your eyes, says the Lord. So as we long for that coming day when the dead will be raised and the fortunes of all creation restored, remember that we have already been called to a home here with one another through the baptism we share for the forgiveness of sins. A baptism that raises us up to remember these words of Paul. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything but in everything. By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Rejoice. Rejoice. Emmanuel has come to us and ransomed captive Israel, ransomed us, children of God. Amen. Amen.